Hey guys, welcome to the third episode of What's Up Grimes. My name is Jen and I'm sitting here with MK as usual. Good things have been happening because when I've been on different social media platforms, it turns out that people still don't hate this. Yeah, even when I nod and not say yes, I've been practicing. (laughs) You're talking, I'm nodding and they can obviously hear my nod somehow. That's like the worst part. We record these via video and we plan to post these to YouTube as well as a video podcast, not just an audio podcast. And so I've noticed that during our little breaks or like silences, one of us is making a face, but that doesn't translate. You guys will see it eventually. Eventually it'll come out. (laughs) So guys, good things are happening and we're only on episode three. The first awesome thing that's happening is y'all's feedback has meant so much to me and I've gotten it on Discord and through DMs of you guys listening to it at all different places. I heard somebody who was on the school bus listening to it. I've heard people that were at home in the car. Thank you so much for supporting us. We want to give you guys the content that interests you. It's the Grimes Community Podcast. Additionally, people have already started DMing us to get scheduled to come on for interviews. So our first interview is this Friday, and we're filming this on a Monday, whenever you guys listen to this. Friday, we'll have on Georgia Bliss and Shy, who are two music producers in the Grimes fan community. Also, again, (laughs) if you want to come talk to us and you feel like I'd really like to talk about my skill set because it is a community, DM me. You just can't be a minor. You got to be over 18 for legal issues. The other cool thing that MK and I have been discussing is we are setting up a Patreon. Woo! Uh, We'll have exclusive content just for our patrons. So keep an eye out for when that launches. Yeah, 100%. So that's coming up soon. So we'll be able to get more content to you guys and in a way where editing looks a little bit better from without further delay. Let's talk about today's episode. We're going to talk a little bit about creativity. And I wanted to start a little bit by talking about our journey with creativity. MK, how do you feel that as an adult, you've managed to tap into your creative self? I think I've always tried to find something, you know, whether it's reading a comic book or watching a new show, I've tried to stay active in play, whatever that means to me, because it's different to everybody. Uh, But I will say that when my children were born, it kind of gave me a whole new perspective on it just because you're actively watching new humans in the world look at stuff and play and have that kind of wonder. And it kind of, for me, in in my experience as a parent, it kind of reignited play in my life in a whole new, at a a whole new level. And it's made me enjoy new, like things I never thought, like what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Podcasting. When we finally just said, we're going to do it. Yep. That's right. What about you? I know that I've shared my story in pieces and parts throughout lives and last time in this podcast. But if you are in grad school, you will understand uh, your life is sucked up by grad school and everything becomes really academic. And so my entire life was academic. And then I also noticed, even as I was graduating and beginning my career, that all of my friends shared my career because I'd met them in grad school. And all we would talk about was our shared career. And you're so hyper-focused on getting licensing and you're so hyper-focused on getting the exams out of the way and moving forward with your career that I just forgot how to play and have fun until I decided to just start making memes because I realized that there was a deficit in the Grimes community. (laughs) 
of an active memes page at the time, which is also how we started this podcast. I realized there was a deficit of Grimes-related content on podcast platforms. So if you look up Grimes, you'll see interviews with her in podcast form, but there wasn't anything like this where there was a community-based situation on a podcast. I found out how to play again through making memes and interacting on social media because I don't have any connection to artists, for example, in my career. It's awesome to be on my page and connect with visual artists and music producers. And I found how fulfilling that was for me as an adult. And I think we forget how to do that because everything becomes so career driven. What about before you were in grad school? What did you do as a kid that you enjoyed? Um, That's my cat meowing. If y'all heard that, Uh, she's going to join us. She looks very needy at the moment. What did I do before that? In college, in college, I was extremely social and I did dumb college stuff. So for example, I, I went to college in a town where it snowed all the time and there was a Target right next door to the college. So we would get in the shopping carts in the snow and push each other down the hill. Like I did dumb stuff. As one does. As one does throughout undergrad. (laughs) And then it like stopped in grad school because everything became super serious when you're getting your master's degree. It's all of a sudden like now you got to actually do the career right. What about you? What was your like thing as, as a teen? It changed. I did a lot of acting, mostly theater, singing. I wasn't really into like storytelling or writing until later. I kind of, I went to college and kind of became very unsure of myself. You know, I was like, when I was a senior, I was like, yeah, let's get out there. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, it's happening. So I became really, you know, I, I, an introvert. I became more introverted. So I started reading a lot more than I used to. I still read, but I was reading even more and writing. So it kind of switched into different creative outlets, but I tried a lot and I danced my whole life too. So it was like, I kind of dabbled a little bit in everything. That's why I kind of, I kept up with, you know, as an adult, I would do, you know, I watch a crap load of TV. I watch everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of, and that's not, necessarily play but it's I consider play like unstructured time yeah you know that you're just not really frying your brain on something you know you're just you're enjoying the space and time in which you're doing that activity yeah two things one something that MK just said about when you get to college I know that a lot of people that are listening to us are 18 19 and are graduating high school and are thinking about going to college don't get tied down to your degree. So I know people that change their degree throughout college. I changed mine once. Did you stay consistent with yours? No. Your major, I mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah. I knew what you meant. <laughs> no, I went from, I wanted to be a history professor. I changed all the time because I always try to look at everything in a new perspective, yes. which is good sometimes. And also not really good in other times. Cause you're like, I could do this and I can do this. And I don't want to tie myself down to it. I have like commitment issues with two things, career yeah, and like buying a home. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two big ones, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It was grads, not grad, not necessarily grad school, but just going to college for the first time. You don't need to know what you want to do and you shouldn't feel that pressure immediately. If you have time, try everything. Yeah. That's the time to do it because, you know, and it's so weird that 
there should be like a second college yes. when you're like almost 40 or something. Yes. <laughs> Try a do-over. Do, do over at some point. And, and what I did was I waited after undergrad to get my master's degree. I had a really good idea of what I wanted to do, but I gave it some time and some space. And I worked a different career before this career. Um, give yourself the space to take electives that are in stuff that you're just kind of interested in. So I chose classes and different programs that I was like, ah, I'm kind of interested in that. So I'll just feel it out with the kids in that major. Give yourself the space to do that. Secondly, something I discovered about MK was that she's into Stephen King. Mm. Story time. So I did not have a great time in high school, as a lot of people don't have a great time in high school. And I got severely depressed towards probably my senior year. And all I wanted to do was read because that kept me distracted from the depression and the anxiety. So I picked up Stephen King and I don't remember why and like read it obsessively. How did you get into it? Well, my mom started, you know, with us at a young age, which I don't know if I agree with that exact parenting. It's not PG content. <laughs> yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> but she had every, like Dean Koontz, and that's kind of, you know, inspired my horror obsession. So I started with Stephen, you know, I read Stephen King at an early age. I actually had children's book versions of his books. Um, my mom, it just was a bonding thing. It was like David Bowie and Stephen King were the things we really connected on. So, and his writing is, there's nothing that compares to it. Mm -hmm. If you've read other horror or just dramatic writers, there's just, there's nothing like Stephen King. He, he's just iconic. Agreed. So it was ironic when I saw your Stephen King shirt, which is how I figured it out because I haven't read Stephen King in years. I'm a huge fan of reading in general, but Audible has been my saving grace, not sponsored hashtag, because- Not it, yet. Not yet, right? But if you want to, like hit us up. <laughs> We're here. Just saying. So I uh, discovered Audible a couple of years ago and that's, I have books on whenever I'm not actively at work and all of Stephen King's books are obviously uploaded to audible and i've been going through them little by little like if i'm doing house chores i just have on a random stephen king novel dolores claiborne was the last one um so that's been bringing back some high school memories for better or for worse what's your favorite stephen king book or story okay but this is i feel like it's so basic it's pet cemetery oh my gosh really that's so hard that story just just because of the anything all of it I mean, they all have children in really dangerous, scary situations, but that one in particular is just very spooky and just the the whole animal component. Sometimes dead is better. What's yours? Hmm. Today, it's like picking a grime song. Yeah, I can't. You know, like it's so multifaceted and it depends on how you feel that day. Hmm. I mean, it is a fantastic book story but also stand by me it's kind of a tie stand by me is good the shining ties up there for me yeah if you live in colorado so i visited estes park colorado where the shining was written and spawned at the stanley hotel and i stayed in the stanley hotel because i was get out (gasps) no for real and it was awesome except they don't have air conditioning do not recommend but the hotel itself was stunning and it's like that's kind of spooky it's super no spooky. AC. And it's the whole hotel obviously was built in the 1800s and is themed. 
very Stephen King-ish because it's known for when he stayed there and he wrote The Shining because it's this hotel in the middle of nowhere in the mountains that you just can't get to in the wintertime because it snowed in. So Did I had a great haunted? time. It totally felt haunted. And they give haunted tours. Was, oh, that's awesome. This sounds great. like a whole other topic, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Guys, we're talking about play and I just got on a total tangent. <laughs> we're playing. This is the point. And yes. speaking of the point, I got my facts. For those of you that don't like my facts, here it is. Play I love the facts. And and Casper will be on to judge them for us eventually. <laughs> play is something, according to NPR, that's done for its own sake, which MK alluded to earlier. It's voluntary and it's pleasurable. It offers a sense of engagement and it takes you out of time. And the act itself is more important than the outcome. With that said, MK, how do you feel like podcasting, for example, or being a part of the Grimes community ties into the act itself is more important than the outcome. Hmm. I'm, it feels good. You know that you're having a good time when something feels good. So there's something about this community, which I find is very rare in social media. There's such a warmth. Yeah. And it's a group group of very talented, creative minds too. It's a combo of both. It, it feels like you're back, you know, you're, it's like your chosen family. It's your tribe. Yes. When you find your tribe and you see other people excel and do things and you're all supportive of each other. I mean, what's not to love about it? Agreed. And it does feel very tribalistic in the best way. Yeah. Because you'll see your artist friends succeed. Like when I see visual artists get noticed by Grimes or when I see um, my music producer friends in this community put out a single and it takes off, that fills me with joy. And that's play in this community. Yeah, there really isn't any, I'm not, I don't have any negative feelings about anybody or how, you know, anything that I've seen, I'm excited for everybody. That's how you know you're in a healthy situation that's that's fun and carefree. Agreed. And this is why we wanted to call it the Grimes Community Podcast. And I'm very careful about those terms because when we play in our community, it's not like it's going to get recognized by C because she's busy doing other things, right? And so even podcasting for the sake of podcasting, knowing that you might not ever get recognition, but it's just for the fandom. I think I would pass out if she recognizes. <laughs> yeah, I'd pass out. I don't know if I could even handle that, to be honest. I like just being out there and floating in space and, and being, you know, something cool, hopefully, that people are listening to. Not necessarily concerned with that but I do see how some podcasts and some niches rely on that we don't necessarily do no and I think something that really bothered me in the beginning that I had to check my own anxiety and expectations on is that we're both immersed in a culture where you have to do something perfectly and professionally and so I wanted things to be that way initially and then realizing this is just a hobby like this is not something perfect right you're playing, you're, you're engaging in a creative endeavor and you don't have to be perfect. Just the, like you said in the definition, the outcome doesn't outweigh the act. Yeah. The act is what's fun. It's the journey. Right. Right. I, I love that. The next quote that I have written down that I really liked came from Mary Riley. This was in 1974. She says, play is often overlooked as the key that helps unlock the door to learning. And while this is true for kids as well, I mean, think about how many times in college or even in high school where to get you to learn, teachers would have like a game 
as a review for a test or a quiz. I think that's so true. And I think as adults, I still will listen to music and bop around when I'm doing work, when I'm doing admin work to make it easier. Yeah. Enjoyable. Uh, I, it, this whole topic reminded me of uh, C when she was on Lex Friedman oh, yeah. and she was talking about how you should totally at all times, no matter how old you are, listen to new music. Mm. The number one genre that's played on Spotify, I'm totally guilty as, as well as millions of other people, 80s music. Oh, people yeah. just live in the 80s all the time they don't find new artists to listen to or and and you grow from it i mean i can say 100% finding rhymes she was like the newest thing i'd listened to in years same i felt like i dusted off cobwebs after hearing her and i was like hey here we go i'm back you know it breathes fresh air into you same and i think i made assumptions initially when i first saw grimes and i saw her aesthetic and i was like that's not me like I, before I even listened depends to what genre pretends, which it depends what genre you saw first. What did you see first? Well, unfortunately it was misanthropy, which I now fit right into. Unfortunately. No, I, I know, but me too. The time, the time it was like, this is not for me. This, I actually genuinely had fear of rejection from Grimes fans because I'm like, oh man, our vibes are different. They're not going to accept me. I was terrified to start a page, to be honest. Um, but then I listened to misanthropy scene. And like you, it was something that I hadn't heard in years and it hit. Yeah. I thought I was going to hate it. I actually put it on to study for some licensing board exams because I was like, oh, I'm not going to really like it, but it's just music for the background. Wrong. I like was obsessed it with it. It did that. start off that way, though. If you listen to the album consecutively, which is the first album of hers I ever listened to as well. Um, I liked her aesthetic, but then I just started watching interviews and saw every version of her, which are millions of versions. So there are a million versions. Yeah. Do anything. She's a chameleon. Yeah. I think the interviews are what hook people in from what I've heard. Like you watch her personality and you're obsessed. Yeah, there's one YouTube video. You're, you'll probably remember it better than me, but it's like Grimes oversharing for five minutes. I think that was like the first video. So I was like, I need to see this one first because that sounds awesome. And it totally was and is. Mine was what I eat in a day. And I remember yeah. sitting there and going, is this person high? Imagine this is the first <laughs> time you see Grimes. The first time. And I was convinced. I'm like, she's high. Like, there's no way that somebody acts like this and is she's not She's pregnant. A, she's pregnant. <laughs> B, I didn't realize how against hard drugs she was. And then C, you realize that's just her, which is like the best part. She's just herself. That whole video, I was like, I need to find Go Cubes. And I couldn't find them anywhere. <laughs> no, they're out. If you look on Amazon, there's like a new thing. I think you and I talked about this. There's a new yes. thing instead of Go Cubes that replaced it. And I don't remember what, what it was. I don't know, but I would have liked to try one. If anybody has one, I'll try it. <laughs> hit, hit us up. <laughs> uh, according to studies, specifically a Wanderlust article that I read that cited some studies, play for adults is critical in our stressful go, go, go lives. Play has been shown to release endorphins, improve brain functionality, and stimulate creativity. Play can keep us young and feeling energetic, and studies show that play improves memory and stimulates the growth of the cerebral cortex. So the point is, it's important to play. Be a member of the Grimes community. Yeah. Come come play with us. Come. You know? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> Scratch that. <laughs> but really, like, 
whatever. I, the, I don't know. There's just something about it that taps into your fantasy side as an adult. Or if you're a teen who just doesn't like being at school and you just want to express that outside of school, join us. She's a perfect escape too, because not just because her music is awesome, but her aesthetic really does transport you. Yeah, I agree. It was something I'd never seen before. Yeah. And I still, guess, I mean, everything has been seen before, just in different iterations. But she, I mean, with the technology and everything, it kind of combined with like the sci-fi thing. I, it's it's really cool. I wonder if that was always her idea of where she wanted to go. That's a good question. Because when you look back at Old Grimes, which is so DIY, does she like that aesthetic or was that just, I had no budget? But once I had the budget, I got to make all my dreams come true that I had when I was 18, you know? Yeah. I want to say yes. So, yeah. I feel like she's envisioning everything she's in it, like able to produce now she wanted to, to do yeah i think even especially looking at that vogue china spread to me that was peak grimes material everything was yeah. so novel and every picture told a story and stuff that i i value these artists that work on it because i couldn't have thought that up it's just dream worlds like you're creating new worlds that's what she's doing in that in that spread yeah yeah it it takes not just a concept too, but she like believes it. Yeah. You know, you buy into it with her. Like I, if I was like, I created this planet in this song and I'm going to stand in front of pictures of the planet. I'd be like, I don't know if I'm selling this. <laughs> is this, is everybody picking up on this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like she just, she has it. She's, she's a star. So yeah, I think she really, she comes up with ideas and concepts and, and she's very collaborative with different, she changes the people she works with, right. Yeah. To keep it fresh. Cause she wants to have fun. She doesn't want to have too much structure with it, which is yeah. great. That's how you get the creative stimulation to try new things. Right. And it appeals to us, even though we've been waiting on book one for two years, three years, something like that. I remember when she talked about Shimigami eyes on discord and I thought it was coming out imminently. And then I waited a year that happened and by the time it came out she had teased it so many times on tiktok that all of us were like okay <laughs> like we get the chorus thanks so much i know i felt like i already heard the song because like, that's kind of 90 percent of the song yeah it's the, the best part i guess it is to I me the best part. yeah i mean most choruses are right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Regardless, I remember waiting so long and, and then she said all these EPs were going to come out and then NPC was supposed to come out. Anyway, it's just part of being a Grimes fan. Yeah. Play moves us on to creativity, which is Grimes' strong point. And so many of you guys in the fandom have encouraged my own creativity because I considered myself a very non-creative person and I'm very inspired by y'all stuff that I see on fan pages so according to the New York Times generally speaking play is something that's imaginative self-directed and leaves room for creativity which we went over but that moves us on to creativity fostering neuroplasticity so on a neural level you're literally creating new neural pathways as you experience a new and exciting culture whether it's the language people food or scenery that comes from the second one movement 
I think what's interesting is that Grimes herself is a culture. Do you agree with that? She's what? A culture. It's a culture in this fandom. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She, and it doesn't seem like it was strategic. It just kind of happened with, it's, it's spawned specifically from her art. I'm curious what earlier fans were like, like her earlier fan clubs. I wonder if they were similar to us or different. I should probably track down an initial fan and force them onto a podcast, right? It sounds like sometimes there are people in the fandom, I don't know per se, that have been ground floor Grimes fans. Please reach out to us because I would love to talk to you. And I only know one off my memes page who's not as active anymore, but he's a Canadian musician and was there when Grimes was like baby, baby, starting out on the scene. Um, So I wonder if I can track him down and pick his brain a little bit. But Anyway, the other thing that really applied to Grimes is creativity requires taking risk. I think she constantly takes risks. Yeah. I mean, she has had situations that didn't go how they wanted. And she, I think she may have said it in the Lex Freeman podcast too, where she was like, I try things all the time and a lot of them fail. Mm -hmm. Like we might not even know about the many endeavors she's had where it's just failed. And that's how you, that's how you learn the most from failure. So I think that's important when taking risks and being creative to fail. Yeah. And we're taught to avoid failure at all costs. And I think one of the best things that I've learned as a grown adult lady is that failure is just part of the process. And at least you tried. Okay. Now we know how to make something different. And I use it at my job all the time when I'm managing things and creating things at my job. If it fails, that's okay. Because if I'm so scared of failure that I'm not willing to try something, such as podcasting or doing my grown adult lady career, then you're giving up the chance that this could actually be something great and beneficial. And great is totally, you know, subjective. Is it great because it makes you feel good about yourself and you you wrote something that you're proud of? Or is it great because it could lead to a career? Not everything has to lead to a monetary value. Money is not everything. You need to enjoy the things that you do, whether if it's not your job, if you can't stand school, have something to do outside of that to feel like you. I know you mentioned this on the last podcast. I'm fortunate enough that my current career is my passion. So it feels very different than my last career. However, my last career, when I graduated undergrad, I took a job in something totally different and I had a very office job. So I was tied to my desk from eight to five and I made decent money at it. I was not happy because I didn't have a creative outlet and my job wasn't my passion. Do you feel that way at your job? How how does that work for you and your passion? Sometimes you have to trick yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Not all the time, but if you're particularly bored in your job and you don't really have many other options, find something creative and cool to do at your job. That could even be like starting a club there. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be something task driven, mm-hmm. but you could do something creative. Like I sometimes I'm like, yeah, I nailed that PowerPoint. That PowerPoint was awesome. And I like go home excited about that. Sometimes you have to pick the big, the, you know, the win for the day. Yes. Could be very small, you know, could be, you know, huge. But yeah, I 
there have been jobs that I have absolutely felt soul crushed in. And it's hard to find passion when you're feeling like that too. You, it, This is not easy stuff. I have to, this is a practice. You have to tell yourself, I need to go do this. I need to go take a bath and light some candles and read a book. I need to go for a run, moving your body too. Just even going for a run, moving your body, dancing. Like during the pandemic, I would dance at my desk. Like I'd be like, yeah, like to Grimes, right? Like, and that makes the day fun. And then, I mean, my kids were there, so they would dance with me and it'd be like a dance party. So you could have a mini dance party every day and that would be your creative outlet. It's little things. I agree. And I think one of the best days I can remember, even from this last year, even though I am fiercely passionate about my job, when Shimmy Shimmy Gummy Eyes was dropped, like I cleared my schedule. It was, I don't know, it was like noon or something on a work day. I cleared my schedule and like jammed with my coworkers to Shimmy Gummy Eyes like over and over and over again for probably. It was a high holiday. It was. It was a high Grimes holiday. Some of the best days in this fandom are when she drops something new and everybody's so active on the fan pages and like talking to one <laughs> another. Those are the best days. Like you genuinely they feel are. like it's a holiday. It's like a mixer. Like a, yeah. you know, with your peers. Yes. You know, you get to go and hang out. That's, that, that is what it felt like. It felt like everyone was more present because I don't think I've met everybody in the fandom and I'm meeting more and more of you now and y'all are so cool. One of the the coolest parts is watching you meet new people because so I I I know like who the major I would say like players are in in the fandom and I'll be like oh so and so I'll mention them to you or introduce you guys and I'm like this is so exciting she's meeting my favorite people that part feels (laughs) like I love see that's a supportive unit that's me me meeting somebody else that like has shown their passion and their drive and their creative, you know, being in the community. That's so cool to have, Absolutely. you know, it's, that's what friendship is. It's friendship and it's on a global scale. If you're a part of this community, like I never thought I would be really good friends with people who are in different countries. And I am thanks to the internet. I also didn't know you could have that close of friends with people who you've never met. I've yeah. been proven wrong. Yeah. So many nice people. Really kind, genuine people. That's what I've experienced in this fandom with like a few exceptions. And that's like super rare. But I meet people who are very authentic. Exactly. I think her, her creative niche inspires people. And it's like a certain kind of person. And we're not all the same. But we all have that thing where we listen to her and we you know, we feel it the same, mm-hmm. you know, we all have different passions. We do things differently. I'm a corporate lady, you know, with a creative something, but sometimes my husband's like, you need to do something. I'm not saying I'm perfect and play all the time and have all the answers. Cause it's so hard for me. And it's, it's probably partially being lazy sometimes because you just want to like, that's not playing though, vegging out and just like, that's not always good for you, especially like the pandemic kind of spawned a lot of that behavior. And it's like, it's hard to, you know, shake it loose. So yeah, it's a, it's work. It is. And I found that thanks to my memes page and doing stuff like this podcast, it's great to get off work 
and know that you have like friends to hang out with. They're not there in person. And I have my in-person friends, but there's something special about having your creative artistic friends that are online to talk to. Like you and I have been going back and forth, sharing ideas for podcasts for a while. And that's fun. Like it's fun to pick up my phone in the middle of a work day and be like, oh, I get to take a little mental break for a minute and text MK about we should put this on the podcast or something like that. Or making a meme because I had an idea randomly during a work day. So I get to yeah. stop and make a meme. And I've literally like spit out food looking at your memes. Like it's it's one of those experiences that like you're in the middle of your day. Like that's a boost. Seeing something funny. And for you to say, side note, that you're not a creative person, you are by far one of the funniest people I've I, met. And I wanted to do that. Like I wrote comedy for, you know, I, I'm for National Lampoon, remember? I, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You write like you like comedic articles and like I wanted to do stand up. I did like improv. You are one of the funniest people. So it's all it's so, like, it's wild so- to me odd to me to like a take that feedback because like and I get that kind of feedback in dms too right but there's always this part of me that's like I appreciate that and I doubt myself all the time and I have so many memes I recommend this if you want to get into comedy folks of any kind specifically memeing meme what you find funny like what's the content you wanted to see and the whole reason why I created my memes page was because I didn't see the content I wanted to see so I was like oh I'll try it And so I mean what I find funny to me and it just, and it works. So I, I would encourage you guys do what like is funny to you and see what happens. And I still have so many memes that I'll post and I'll be like, I don't know if this is going to hit. And sometimes speaking of failure, sometimes I have a meme that just doesn't get a a hit and it isn't that funny. And you're like, oh, okay. And then you move on to the next one. So Mm -hmm. failure, creativity. Yeah. I don't feel that creative, but I appreciate the feedback from people. You are so creative and funny. I mean, to, to put it out there too, like to be vulnerable, you're taking a risk, right? You, you're, you don't know if that joke is going to land, but you think it's funny because you believe in yourself. And that's how you have to be with just trying something new. You're going to fall down. You're not going to be perfect. Some of us have natural talents, but it doesn't hit every time. You know, you could outgrow it. It's something you were good at years ago. And then, you know, something happens and you're, you could try something else. I didn't cook for the longest time. I was always scared to cook, you know, and I try now and I'm all right. I'm not great. I'm not, I can, I can make a mean guac, Hey, but that's something. I think that's what keeps us from trying stuff though, is uh, being scared. Like I scared yeah. to make this podcast. We had talked about it for months and you were ready to do it. You're ready yeah. to do something different. And I had reached a point, there was a lot going on for me emotionally in general. And then I had also reached a point where I was like, I don't want to do something. And then it fails. And I take that really personally. And if it fails, it fails. Like, yeah. All right. Well, at least we tried it and had fun. As a therapist, do you ever like think about what exact advice you would give yourself? Like it must be so much more precise than all the time analysis all the time. And that's why we have objective people as therapists, because it's, it's not difficult for me to sit with people objectively, but when it's yourself giving yourself the same advice, it's totally different, but I do remind myself of that stuff. Like it's okay. It's okay to fail. It's okay to try something new. It's important to be creative. Yeah. 
And yeah. failing is all part of it. It's super important. I can't tell you um, how many times I failed. Right. Let's start a whole podcast. <laughs> Failures. <All I> fail. <laughs> <laughs> well, Here I'm we so, go. Tons I'm of episodes. I'm so inspired by... Um, so I know nothing about music production and I joined this Discord server, Artnet, who's since rebranded to Encore. I knew nothing about Discord. I knew nothing about music production. And I've learned so much. I don't make my own music, let me be clear. But I've learned so much about how this is done. And I've been so inspired by how people make music and create. And the vulnerability of choosing to put your music out there as a DIY artist. And wondering, like, is is this going to take off? What's the point to making this? Are people talking about me behind my back and saying this actually sucks? And I'm so inspired by that. That's very vulnerable to make music. Yeah, I mean, any kind of art, like, look at the people in our fandom, you know, the artwork they put out is, is very specific. Yeah. You know, it's not hiding behind itself. It's not shy. It's out there. Well, it can be shy because we do have a shy, but. (laughs) A music producer. Uh, The last thing that I really wanted to bring up was that creativity is a confluence of personality traits, ways of thinking and knowing, and social and environmental influences. It's a universal ability that does not decline with age, but changes qualitatively with cognitive development and the accumulation of life experience and expert knowledge. This came from Kirk in 1999. The thing I like about that is that our play changes. So we're actually still involving that part of our brain that we used when we were kids to play but we just accumulated new knowledge bases and a different set of biological traits as adults that allow us to play differently. And that's pretty cool that it's kind of the same thing as what we loved doing when we were kids. Yeah. It's just life can hit you hard, you know, when you're not looking. So, you know, and, and it changes, you know, choice, a choice you make is a risk and it can affect your entire life. Yeah. So you need to just take, take, take note of that. <laughs> you know? yeah. Mistakes happen and you just have to move forward with it. You can't live in the past. Yeah, absolutely. And I think so many people spend so much time saying, I wish dot, dot, dot. I wish I'd done this yeah. differently. Shoulda, yeah. coulda, woulda. You gotta be careful about that because you were doing the best you could at the time. And you were basing your choices off the information you had at the time. And who's to say that if you had made a different choice, it would lead to a different outcome. And I think you have no idea. You have no idea. And you can always try You can always try again, but you, let me tell you something. You won't regret not trying at something like 20 years from now. You'll be like, wow, I, you know, I'm so glad I tried that podcast, you know, whether, you know, no, who knows what happened, who knows, but I'm glad I did that. Yeah. You know, I'm glad I like my husband had a hard time with screen like screenwriting is brutal. Yeah, I hear and that. I don't know how people put themselves in those situations like for a lifetime, even just like there's actors that are just like in everything, but they never become movie stars. Yeah. They're like just on Law and Order 15 times like, yeah. through the course of, <laughs> you know, like, but they still go out there and try it. And it's, it's probably, you know, for the longest time, I was like, that's sad that they didn't get to like make it, but maybe they did. Yeah. Maybe that is making it to them. Maybe that, you know, having steady sit, you know, work like that, like on sitcoms and 
procedurals probably pays the bills. Yeah. Probably have a flexible life. You know, it's all about perspective. Yeah. Is your husband still in screenwriting or when you guys left California, that was over? It's up in the air. You know, he, he wanted to take a break from it. He's working on a novel and I think it kind of screenwriting for the longest time was his thing, but it's very, very specific with formulas, right? Like you're writing in a specific format. You say certain things, it limits your wording. It limits expression because it's for a film. If you're writing a novel, the, the words you can use are endless and you're not restricted in that way. And he needed to take a change Yeah. And now he's been working, you know, he, he's very inspired and I don't know if it was us moving that, that inspired it too, but it, you know, when you look at something for so long, a certain way, and you just keep hitting the wall, it's time to just take a different spin on it. Yeah. And I think there's only so much hitting the wall before you're like, I need a break. I can't keep doing this. Maybe I'll revisit it. This is just not the right time. Yeah. And you shouldn't hold yourself to the dreams you had as a kid either. Like, I really wish that I, I you know, I, I, I tried at this or I did this or I succeeded in this and just try new ways to do it now. You're here mm-hmm. right now. Do something today. Draw a picture. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to love to draw. I don't know. I, the hands were always so hard. Hands. Why are hands so hard? <laughs> Can someone explain it to me? <laughs> When we have our first visual artist, that's going to be like the first question. Question like, number okay, one. Let's do it together, please. Why are hands Let so me hard? see. Like, yes. I need to know. <laughs> I don't know. I took art classes, you know, in like high school. They like forced us to take them. Um, I cannot draw for the for the record. And they made us draw hands. That was like a thing. That was a thing in art class. They made us draw hands. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Shadowing, all that stuff. I, I sucked at it. Don't ask me to draw your hand. I'm not me. It's okay, but like when I would do portraits initially, I would say maybe like fourth or fifth grade. They looked very much like the drawings from Napoleon Dynamite. If yeah. anybody knows that, like the shading. Yeah. Was I think that weird. that's kind of similar to mine. <laughs> also, that movie like died out. That was the thing to watch back then. Yes. I don't know if that's dating me, but it's a funny movie if you've never seen it. It's a really funny movie to those of you listening in high school who maybe have not seen it. I don't know. Do high schoolers watch that now? Somebody DM me and let me know. Oh, MK, by the way, just so you guys know, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. We ask you guys questions on our Instagram. We're brand new to to it on our podcast uh, pages, but you can follow us on What's Up Grimes Twitter and What's Up Grimes Instagram, and you can interact with us there. We love that. And MK has been running those for us. Thank you so much. So I can continue to run my memes page and not worry about checking something additional. But one of the posts that you created was about creativity and we got, you know, a couple comments on that. What did that look like? Yeah. I mean, it was interesting there. Uh, you know, we love Casper. <laughs> he just, you know, he is the epitome of somebody that does listen to his creative pulse, yeah. you know, all the time. I hope yeah. you never lose that Casper because it yeah. inspires everybody. I mean, that's why everybody loves to see him just because he, he is who he is yes. and he's hilarious. So he's a very authentic person. And yes. I think. Oh, and happy 19th creative. birthday. He just turned 19. Happy birthday. Casper. <gasps> happy birthday. Okay. 
And then of course, Jack in the comments, you know, everything. I gain inspo from literally everything. From movies, games, buildings, nature, music, drag queens, fashion. Me too. Obviously Grimes. I could go on. That's so true. And I'm kind of like that too. Any kind of entertainment and media, I kind of, I'm like a sponge with it. Yeah. I relate it because I don't know if it's in my old lady age now where, you know, you see other things from long ago that you relate it to and, you know, growing, growing older isn't that bad, but yeah, it's, it's just about maintaining those ties to things, whether it's a book or looking at a tree, you know, it's something where you're present. I think I would be miserable at 30 if I had not discovered how to play again, which started for me at like 28 because everything had become so academic. I don't know that I would be happy right now in my life. If Even I with inspired. the career that you love. Yeah, because my career requires a significant amount of emotional investment. And so that has to go somewhere. Yeah. So that's, this is my space to play and to leave my career in a box till the next day when I open it back up. So yeah, I think, I think I would not be as happy of, of a person. Also speaking of Jack, Jack plays with Legos. Jack's an adult as well. Jack still plays with Legos. I'm like, I would, I would like to talk about that. They frustrate me only the little tiny weird pieces because they hurt when you step on them. Also that. (laughs) But the ones you have to like pry off, I don't yeah. do well with that. And like kids always yeah. need help with it. I don't, yeah. what do you expect me to do? That, that hurts. <laughs> like, anyway. Yeah, that's uh, cool. We need to talk to him about that. Yeah, we're having Jack on the podcast soon. He's a visual artist. So you can stay tuned for that. As we wrap up today, again, hit us up. Let us know what you think. We really value you guys' feedback. And MK and I have been talking. We're super excited about these interviews coming up. Yeah. I can't wait to hear more about how people are inspired. What I, I want to know how everyone found out about crimes. Like that's yeah. like my favorite thing to honestly ask, like, because it was such an epic moment for me. It's like, you know, going to prom. Yeah. Hearing Grimes. <laughs> Isn't it wild that to me, I agree with you. It feels like a life event to me. It's a milestone. It was a life event to get involved in this community. Like my, I, I realize now, even if I decided to leave this community tomorrow because something happened and I just decided I needed to do something different, it would be a huge chapter that I can't forget. Yeah. Please but don't I'm, do that to I'm me. I'm not going. <laughs> what Please am I? don't leave me. I love this place. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Guys, MK and I will be back at the end of the week. We're recording on a Monday. This will be a Friday and we can't wait to start having you guys on our podcast. So until further ado, we'll see you later in the week. Bye guys. Bye.